everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Counterpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Richardson, and today I'm joined by two of my analyst colleagues to talk about the subject of private mobile networks. Now, earlier this year at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, one of the hot topics for discussion was exactly this, private networks, especially in relation to 5G. So today we're going to be talking all about private networks and uh, what that implies for the industry and how they might develop going forward. But what is a private network? So for me, my understanding is it's a local area network that uses cellular technologies rather than, say, Wi-Fi to create a dedicated network that can be used in many different scenarios quite often in an enterprise. So if you think about a factory connecting machines within that factory environment using a very kind of high quality and secure uh, communication environment. But let's get into a bit more of the discussion and maybe that definition will evolve as we go through the talk. So two analysts with me. First of all, I have Gareth Owen. Gareth is one of our research directors and he's based in North Wales in the UK. Hi, Gareth. How are you today? Uh, Yeah, fine, Peter. How are you? Yeah, doing very well. And we're also joined by research analyst Charo Paliwal. Charu is joining us from Delhi, India. Hi, Charu. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm doing good. And thank you so much for having me. Great. Very welcome to you both. So let's get into the discussion. So let me start with Charu. So Charu, we've published a report, I think, in just this week, looking at private networks. So can you briefly summarize some of the, the key findings and the trends that you've seen in your research? Sure, Peter. And you have put it really well that Yes, private networks is gaining a lot of traction these days. It is one of the most talked about topic nowadays. And I have been tracking this market from quite some time. And uh, yes, we have recently published a report uh, which highlights key trends and market drivers. For instance, uh, uh, we have noted major vendors such as Nokia and Ericsson now sell their network equipment directly to enterprises or intermediaries. One can say they are bypassing the operators now. And then we also have uh, new entrants, including hyperscalers, that have entered the market with easy and simplified solutions, once you can say, which in a way creates or increases the awareness of uh, private networks and also reduces the entry barriers uh, around private networks for enterprises. So, yeah, not only this, the report also gives a detailed information on several use cases from different industry verticals. And it also throws light on some of the key challenges. Now, they can vary from your spectrum availability or device availability or, let's say, supply chain issues that have impacted the pace of rollouts. So basically, if anybody needs an overview of the global private networks market today, do get in touch to get a copy of the report. All right, great. Good advertising for the report there. So you you mentioned that there are various sort of verticals that are perhaps or application areas that are ahead of others. So can you explain which are the most popular verticals right now and where we're seeing the most traction? Yeah, sure. But before I answer your question, I'll just add that the importance of connectivity varies from one industry vertical to another vertical. So we can have some vertical requirements that are limited to just your uh, low power wide area IoT for connecting devices such as uh, smart meters or sensors, whereas other vertical requirements could be ultra low latency for advanced uh, manufacturing applications. So certainly there are verticals that are doing uh, 
better than others and to answer your question my top picks would be manufacturing mining ports and utilities and energy and there's no doubt that manufacturing has the highest uh, number of uh, deployments versus any other vertical but there are not many devices to support uh, industry applications so we can say although manufacturing has hundreds of projects running but mining energy and utilities are the verticals with large size deployments therefore they are important and interesting verticals to look at you know, and plus the project size is also big here compared to any other vertical the amount of learning is also huge for all the parties involved be it to your enterprise or a vendor or a service provider and now these learning would be helpful for the market when it moves towards standardization in future and all these industry verticals have also shown interest in 5g technology it gets important because until now we have seen a lot of proof of concepts and trials but now we expect these industry verticals to move towards the planned deployments in the upcoming year and yes in case you need a detailed description on some of these important use cases we have covered them in our report to name a few i'll say uh, we have uh, covered 5g private network deployment by rogers at uh, kirkland uh, gold mine in canada then there is another one uh, by ross telecom in russia So yes if there is a complete view of these case studies be it in terms of size of the project or solution deployed or use cases or the vendors involved we have covered these aspects in the report as well All right great thanks Cherry so let me turn to you Gareth so picking up some of the points that the Cherry's made there and maybe kind of opening this out to you know, understand the overall kind of state of the private network market at the moment I, I had some discussions at MWC Yeah, because there weren't actually that many hot topics at, at MWC, but one of them definitely was private networks and private networks in 5G. But when I spoke to some of the vendors, they were like, yes, 5G is you know, interesting, but actually all of the action is happening on 4G at the moment. Can you kind of put this into context you know, where the overall private network market is at the moment? You know, are we just at sort of the beginning of it or is it you know, fairly well you know, matured in some cases already? Yeah, okay. Well, I think there's a lots of as sort of um, Charu suggested, lots of new players, lots of interest in in the private networks market, lots of new players entering the market, but also there's a lot of hype about the potential, which sort of gives the impression, you know, that private networks is is the lowest of the low hanging 5G fruit and everybody is going to make a lot of money out of this. And I noticed, you know, this year the greenfield operators like like Rakuten and Dish for for example are suddenly talking a lot about private networks. Dish in particular seems to be making this a big target market. So they do have a lot of spectrum. So you know, and I think they've been planning um, on, on so to target this market for for a long time. But I think they're really hyping the market. So what happens if the market doesn't live to their expectations, or more likely, it takes longer to grow than they anticipate? So I think there are signs that some of the market expectations are being reset. And I think it's interesting to to look at what's happening in China right now. You know, companies like Huawei. 
Huawei and all these big uh, mobile operators, they spent probably hundreds of millions of dollars developing these use cases, these 5G private network use cases. And so stuff like remote surgery, etc. A lot of these, they've decided to actually cull a lot of these use cases because they're finding that they're too expensive, that they're unable to scale them up and actually make money out of them. So instead, the focus has turned to more traditional use cases like mining. And ironically, it's, it's coal mining now is one of the biggest use cases for, for private networks. So right now, I think you know, the vast majority of the market is based on 4G. There are lots of, of so-called commercial 5G services, but I think most of them really are probably POCs and trials. And I think you know, the issue here is device availability. And the other factor maybe is that most of the applications that these companies like the traditional companies like mining require can be served adequately with, with LTE. So, but I think in the long term, I think it will be a different story. I think there's considerable potential with 5G, but I think it's, it's going to take time to get there. And it depends on a lot of things, but particularly on the availability of new 5G features and, of course, the devices to go with them. So when you talk about 5G features, are you talking here about network slicing, which you know was been talked about for a long time, but I guess that requires rollout of the requisite standards and into the networks. Is that what we should interpret? I'm talking mostly about sort of low latency, quality of service, these type of applications that you require for manufacturing, for example. And so network slicing is sort of, you could even say, is a sort of a, a competing technology to private networks or an alternative technology. But it's really about the, the low latency applications and obviously enterprises need quality of service and all these other sort of requirements. All right. So, okay, that helps me get it clear in my mind. So Charu mentioned the presence of some of the hyperscale uh, players as well. What impact will they have on the market, do you think? Well, I think so. hyperscalers see this as a major opportunity, but I think at the moment they're sort of mostly focused on the low-end side of the market, offering sort of, sort of pre-packaged solutions that more or less run straight out of the box. So they're sort of trying to replicate, I think, the simplicity of Wi-Fi and maybe trying to offer private G as a sort of better alternative to Wi-Fi. So this is fine for sort of a non-critical mission, you know, campus type applications like SMEs and shopping malls, schools, etc. But I think in terms of impact, I think, you know, I think there could be a, a sort of a useful market catalyst and help to develop the market. So and I think it'll be interesting to see to what extent they can take the, the cost and uh, complexity out of private networks. And the other thing I think maybe, you know, the main interest I think here for them is really is really sort of leveraging their, their compute and storage and analytics capabilities. So I think it's probably more about the digitalization enabled by private networks rather than providing the connectivity or even sort of developing sort of specific vertical applications. So I think they'll have to partner with, like, with other companies to do that. But I definitely think, you know, I see them as, a, as an important catalyst to the market. Okay, so maybe they're using private networks as a way to kind of add capability to their existing suite of services. Yeah, and of course, they have a massive installed base of enterprise customers as well to sell. Very true. Thanks, Gareth. So moving back to Charo. So one of the uh, technologies that's been sort of talked about quite a bit, particularly in, I think, North America is CBRS, Citizens Broadband Radio Service. So where do you see that featuring here and how, how is the market developing within the CBRS space? Yes. So CBRS has played an important role in uptake of private networks. 
So see, until few years back, the build out of 5G was limited to mobile broadband and consumer segment. And we can say there was relatively uh, little traction around 5G demand from industries and enterprise segment. But then we saw a successful CBRS auction, wherein uh, 228 bidders uh, won a total of more than 20,000 licenses. So it is interesting to note that more than 60% of the license holders are local telcos and wireless internet service providers. So we see CBRS as a catalyst, which created a fertile ground for 5G private networks, especially in the US market. And we have seen a number of network trials in 2021 and expect many enterprises will shift from their proof of concept or the trial stage to commercial deployment in 2022. Okay. And what about device availability? Is that a problem for CBRS, particularly in unlicensed spectrum? This is an important topic to discuss. We see private networks has a lot of traction in the market as many new players are entering. It is also evident from the number of licenses distributed in CBRS spectrum auction. Everyone wants to grab an opportunity, but do we see the same level of enthusiasm when it comes to device availability? I doubt that. I would say CBRS is fairly doing better as there are a number of consumer devices available in the market, be it your handsets or laptops. But... Then we have on-go certified network equipment available in the market as well. And we have a range of uh, vendors uh, catering to this, be it your Nokia or uh, Comscop or let's say Airspan or Ericsson. But now if we look at the unlicensed spectrum, such as Multifire, I see Nokia did launch a MFA certified router and access point in uh, late 2021. But there does not seem to be any other development. And now it appears, even before the device ecosystem could have developed for Multifire, the focus has rather moved to Unified. For instance, MFA has also published one Unified G uh, blueprint last quarter. And I expect it would take time to see any progress in this area. All right. Very interesting. Thanks, Cherry. So coming back to you, Gareth, you've touched on some of these, I think, already, but expand this again back out. Where do you see the most pressing challenges right now in the growth of the private network market? Well, I think there's still a lot of challenges, and I think um, that's going to re- remain the case for some time. I'll just go maybe through two or three of them. I think one in particular is the need to offer solutions, not just technology. So the enterprises, they want sp- solutions to specific problems, i.e. something that fulfills a need. So the service providers must offer complete solutions, not a technology, not, not a set of technologies that the end user, you know, the enterprise have to put together themselves kind of thing. So at the most basic level, for example, you know, if you consider you know, a simple campus network for a school or a university or a hotel, the IT manager there, he wants something that works straight out of the box, does what it says on the box, is reliable and will last for five years or whatever. But some of these verticals, you know, tend to be can, can be sort of quite specialized, and you need a lot of expertise. And no service provider has the capability to cover all these verticals. So even the biggest like Verizon or, or Vodafone, so they have to choose, you know, carefully and focus on two to three um, sort of broad verticals, and perhaps leave the rest um, to others. So the other one is obviously devices, and Charu's mentioned that. I mean, there are things sort of sort of 
issues with the cost of 5G devices, economies of scale. So industrial devices will, won't sort of benefit from economies of scale like so consumer devices, for example. But I think one of the other sort of really important sort of challenges is the ecosystem and this go to, and the go-to-market strategy. So especially for, for these uh, campus-type private network deployments. So unlike the, the, the public networks and maybe some of the large private networks such as uh, utilities or, or public safety networks, the campus segment is a sort of business where sort of distribution channels and different types of partnerships is really the name of the game. So when you've got... I don't know, hundreds of thousands of different enterprises around the world. There's no way a single operator or vendor can target all these different enterprises, different verticals on their own. So it's important for everybody to develop partnerships. And so the operators and the vendors with sort of industrial tech companies, with device OER, IT companies, systems integrators, et cetera, and across a range of different uh, verticals. So I think at the end of the day, enterprises prefer to talk to people you know, that have that their own vertical and expertise and understand their business. They don't want to talk to, to telco people, really. So I'll give you a, a couple of examples. Nokia recently announced a strategic alliance with Kundrel, I think. I think that's the way you pronounce it. Which And this is the old um, IBM infrastructure services business. So this has been spun out. And so they, they act as a, a big systems integrator. So it's a very big company with global reach, and they deal with some of the biggest companies in the world, and and they have a sort of an install base of around 80,000 enterprises. So that's a very good sort of a match for Nokia. Ericsson has got acquisition cradle points, which again so is, is focused on the wireless edge and a traditional private network market. So they deal, they have an install base of 28,000 enterprise customers. So, you know, all these operators and vendors as well they need access to to the enterprises and the only way of doing this is to is to partner with the right companies now there are other, other issues we don't have time to go into like like for example setting up KPIs and SLAs for for industry specific verticals some customers will want to roam from a private network to a public network so that's not quite so straightforward so I think all these sort of issues are things that are being worked on at the moment and will be sorted out in, in time. All right. And turning to you, Charo, what, what challenges do you see for growing the market? Well, I would say Gareth has uh, covered some of the most important ones. And uh, I'll just add some points here. Uh, yes, there are some macro-environmental challenges uh, as well that are affecting the market growth. Now, these could be specific to 5G private networks or some of them could affect the market in general. Now, they could range from your spectrum availability for captive use. For example, there is an ongoing tussle between enterprises and operators on the allocation of uh, spectrum for captive use in India market. So another challenge could be your delayed release of standards. Since we have seen such a delayed uh, you know, release of 3GPP standards, which has hampered the development of devices and the rollout of uh, 5G private networks. Then there is chip shortage due to the pandemic, the rising geopolitical tensions, and now the ongoing war. So such factors hamper the production of device and network equipment, which in a way hamper the rollout or the pace of the 5G private network rollouts, I'll say. 
All right. So we're kind of coming to the end of the discussion now. So I, I think you guys have done a, a good job at sort of summarizing the developments that we see. Any final words of conclusion, Charu? Do you want to go first? And then I'll come to you, Gareth. Sure. I would say private networks market is growing, but quite fragmented at this stage. We have seen so many players uh, entering the market. Then there are players that are still experimenting and developing new solutions. And in another few years, uh, when market matures a bit, we expect there will be some standardization in terms of market leaders or important verticals to service. Then the most demanding features or the attributes required from the solutions. And uh, we see LTE private networks would continue to dominate until or unless there is a global ecosystem and established scale of 5G devices. And when this shift happens from 4G to 5G, plus getting from a proof of concept or the experimental stage to commercial stage, that is the full rollout of commercial private networks. So this shift will positively impact the private networks ecosystem by driving incremental revenue for multiple players that are associated with the entire value chain. Great. Thanks, Sherry. Gareth, do you want to add some final thoughts? I pretty much agree with everything that Charu said. I think, um, you know, the private network market offers a lot of potential, particularly in the long term. In the short term, I think most of the, the truly commercial deployments will be based on LTE. And I think LTE will continue to be around for maybe up to five years from now. But undoubtedly, private 5G will offer a lot of new capabilities and take private networks to another level as the new technology features and particularly the devices become available. But this is going to take time, I think. And and those companies that are in the game for the long term, I think, will be the ones that ultimately benefit. All right. That sounds like a good place to wrap it up. Thank you very much, Gareth. Thanks, Charu. Um, if you found this useful, please do reach out to us for access to the uh, report that uh, we've been discussing. And it just remains for me to say thank you very much for your attention and join us for the next CounterPoint podcast. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye now. Thank you.